Hey everybody, it's Posty Posterson again, and I've got another Super Deluxe Special Edition version of the Sleep With Me podcast for you tonight. If you don't know who I am, I'm not the regular host of this podcast, Scooter. Uh, my name is Posty. Sometimes I help with the editing of the show behind the scenes, uh, and sometimes I make these bonus extra special feature episodes just for fun as a way to say thanks to everyone who supports the show. So thank you up front. Um, What you're about to hear is an episode that recently aired. I've added some music or some sound to it to make it a little bit extra special and we've released it as a bonus. Okay, let's hop in. So if you do really like these special editions, uh, I tried to upload the music only or sound, the background sound only versions on a separate Bandcamp um, that I think Scooter has linked in, on the Patreon. And I apologize, I haven't uploaded the most recent uh, background sounds in a little while, but I'm working on that process right now. Um, and that brought me to listening to a few of them. And I was listening back and realizing that I really liked the Scooter Scoot Harmonic episodes we did a few months ago. They were essentially really, 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 really slow, really long orchestra pieces with Scooter talking on top. So for tonight, we're going to do something kind of similar, a Scooter Scoot Quartet. Kind of a smaller scale, only a few instruments. I kind of envision like, you know, you're on a beautiful mountain uh, cabin retreat in the Swiss Alps. And there's an evening of uh, this quartet that comes in that all look like Scooter. And they all play music while the real Scooter tells you a bedtime story. hope this can help you get some sleep. I'll be uploading the music for it along with a few of the more recent Super Deluxes uh, onto that Bandcamp account soon. Thanks so much for supporting the show. And with any luck, Everybody scoots here and I'm back uh, with another unboxing magic episode. I wish I would have thought of that the first episode. I just thought of it now. And what does unboxing magic mean? This now, this one, these next ones I'll do over the next whatever year. I mean, these will be slowly leaked out. Oh boy, is it exciting! I found uh, through uh, you know what what people would call a second-hand store. Uh, you, I would. I don't think I found it. Here's the thing: if I found a raspberry beret, please remind me. Don't put it in your mouth. Uh, the, like even if, whether I find it at a second, 
Well, he, I guess he didn't know. He was spe- Prince. I'm talking about Prince right now. Talk about magic. Uh, in the song Raspberry Beret, Prince, I guess, was speculating because Prince said the kind you find at it. She wore a Raspberry Beret. Um, I think there was a video for it. I, I, remember, I think it was a dreamy video, or these are my impressions. Oh, what, what, I thought this was unboxing magic. What? If it's a Prince box set and you're unboxing it, you're unboxing magic, man. Uh, but, uh, like, uh, that in that song, Prince, the, that song was about, uh, I don't know what it was about, but, but the, like, the part that caught in my head that now I'm going off topic about, Prince was saying, she wore raspberry beret, the kind you find at a secondhand store. And then reminding us once again that the song's not about the secondhand store scoots. It's about her. She wore raspberry beret. And I would say, I'm, I'm pretty sure the majority of reasonable people would say it's a raspberry colored beret scoots. And I'd say, okay, so it's not a beret. It's not a beret made of raspberries. That makes sense. Probably can't get that at a secondhand store anyway. And, um,. Uh, I got mixed up again. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you, if you bought a... I mean, I guess you could say it was made from dried raspberries, even then. But I was thinking it could be a raspberry, like, well, like, you're right, we should just move on. Here's a... Well, is it, this was the 80s when a lot of things were scented. Like, they must have invented something in the 80s where you could make stuff smell like stuff that maybe didn't... Well, because the scratch and sniff sniffs... Scratch and sniff... Scratch and sniff stickers. That was a whole thing. They have it now. They have lip balms, the most... uh, One of those things that smells like good good stuff. But uh, I don't think it was... Because you wouldn't want to wear a scratch and sniff beret... Though it wouldn't be bad if it, here's here's an idea. Let's invent a, here, here, beret makers and scent makers of the world. I mean, talk about magic is a raspberry beret. When you get when you're working up like that has some sort of warming. When you get warm, it smells like raspberries, and it's also it could be colored raspberry. And, and you can say, well, she wore a chalk 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 chocolate beret. Something that's easy for a stutterer to say, and uh, you know you could smell the chocolate as she walked away. That would be my—that's my song. Like that would be a sort of downbeat song. Okay, so we're talking magic though here, and I so I've gone, I've, I've you know I've, I've found I had a quest. I quit the quest because. Uh, Sometimes I take on these quests and I don't know when to say when. That's one of the main stories of my life, how I got sober. Uh, actually, it was bigger than that, but uh, even I have to remind myself that I don't know when to stay when. Don't know when to say when or stay when. Stay when. That could be a character's name. But uh, John Staywin. Any relation to John Stamos? No, because it just has stay in the last name. Stacy Stawin, uh, at large, uh, counselor at large. Vote for Stacy Stawin, counselor at large. Uh, not sure what that means, but I've always wanted to say it on a podcast. Um, so okay, so um, so I've. I've, I've, I've quit the quest. I've temporarily placed it on hold due to uh, having too much stuff and not setting a budget. I don't think I exceeded my budget since I definitely got, this was one of those times I got way, way, way more than I paid for. Well, probably too many ways. Definitely way more than I paid for it. The value and the cost were perfectly aligned. So... The quest was, once I thought, this is the connection I made, that uh, magic kits of my youth I would find at garage sales. And I said to myself, I wonder if any secondhand stores have magic stuff. And I mean, that's a whole nother level of magic, magic of uh, used things. But it turns out they do. And it turns out I was able to acquire, like in the first episode we did a magic kit or magic set. But I was also able to acquire a couple lots, LOTSs of magic stuff, uh, where 
uh, a certain organization. That, that I guess they were either either someone who was a magician, a magician a person who collected magic tricks, or some visionary somewhere. We're reaping the benefits of, of a visionary, and I, and I don't say that lightly. I do say it in the meaning of a person who has vision, like uh, they were a visionary. Now we don't know whom. This could be another. This could be another podcast. Could this could be a good, good episode for um some podcast? I don't even know. Like it used to be the mystery show. They could uncover it, but uh, is so okay. So uh, from a certain you you used donation where you donate used goods. They had a LOT like a collection. An undisclosed number of magic tricks you could you could buy in a bag, and I purchased two of them. They had two. I purchased both, uh, and so I'm saying there's a visionary because either someone who who had a home full of magic tricks, very well maintained magic tricks, by the way, and most of them seemingly purchase at independent magic shops or on the internet from independent magicians. So no big ma- not a lot of big magic here. We got a lot of indie magic, man. And um and believe me, I'm saying none of this with snark or irony or snark. Uh, so but someone had a vision whether this person who donated it or someone worked at this or it was magic store that donated it uh that went to the big the big retail farm in the sky or it was someone that worked at this organization who said hey why don't we organize all these things together and then sell because it's going to be tough to move this uh one trick so when I'm saying complimentary to the visionary, I don't know whose vision I'm complimenting, but I'm saying we're the beneficiaries of that visionary. And I think that's clear now that I've stated it. So what we're going to do here is I'm going to reach into a box, uh, fill, and you won't hear any of this because it'll be edited out of the show. That's a, that's a little magic of editing. I'm going to pull out a magic trick. I'm going to look at it. We're going to talk about it. And maybe I'll go on tangents. Who knows where, where it leads us? This is the kind of stuff. Uh, this is when I really love making the podcast. I don't know if you, if you hear it in my voice. Uh, like we get to go down a meandering. I went down one meandering road. Now we get to go down the road together. And I haven't. I perused them. Because I took them out of the bag and I put them in a smaller box to be organized, but I didn't really look at them or anything like that. So it'll be this is going to be exciting stuff. Also, don't I, I probably like don't ask me to perform magic because I won't be good at it. Um, and try, trying to convince my daughter to do it and get into it. And um, what was my other thing? I don't know. So let's do it, and then we'll just see how it goes. Maybe I'll talk about some other magical experiences I've had. Okay, the first one is a wallet. Uh, and actually, I think... Um, okay, well... So this one, oh boy. Uh, now, it doesn't have any instructions. doesn't have any wrapping. It is a... What you may, may classify as a trifold wallet. I think this is maybe more of a... What do they call it? Not a, it's not a gimmick, a, a gag versus a magic trick, but maybe not. Um, so this one looks like it probably shouldn't be in my hands. It has, so, so it's, a, it's some sort of pleather. And inside it, it looks like if you were going to do some sort of trick where, it, like this kind of thing you definitely need the instructions for, or you got to do it outside. But you may have seen it before where a magician opens a wallet and... Uh, like it's like a gas stove uh, and or like a lighter. And actually, when I open the wall, it looks like there's uh, some sort of... Uh, I don't know. It, I don't understand it. So I'm going to put it away. Okay, now this one is a, is in a, in a bag. And uh, there's multiple pieces of paper. And these are money tricks, but with what seemingly looks like real currency. And this is definitely the kind of thing you either buy, like you either bought or a friend gave someone. They're all printed on zero, like uh, 
paper that was printed out uh, from a printer or a Xerox uh, copy machine. So this is as indie as magic gets. Uh, this one is the floating dollar bill, the first trick. Uh, and, uh, oh, you make a table from a playing card and then place a dollar bill on it. Uh, and then you make the dollar bill float. Uh, magic. Uh, then you place everything back in your pocket and you take a bow. And inside, again, I don't reveal tricks, uh, but it looks like there's the take card to make the table and you provide your own bill. So it's a card, like a cut, cut playing card that you would make into a table that you would hold in your hand, in the palm of your hand, just like the, the um, hymn says or the church song says, uh, I'm going to hold a playing card in the palm of my hand and make something float. Okay, next trick is a torn and restored bill. Now, no offense to the um, the magic we had before, the other magic set, and maybe I'll do these out of order. Maybe this is the first one. This looks like it's using now, that's why another reason I won't say the name of the company, because it looks like they're really using real currency, and that's going to be... Um, make it more magical, you know, especially with kids if it's a fake dollar. So let's see the effect so we don't have to do it. A uh, dollar bill is taken from the magician's wallet, shown to the audience, torn in half, and then into four quarters, and then displayed as a fan, folded into a packet, and then opened and completely restored. And, uh, holy cow, there's, a, there's no trick in there. It must be just instructions on how to do it, maybe? But here's, like, a thank you card from this company. Um, uh, they're selling them on different internet places. Uh, for this one, you did not receive a real dollar bill. It, but this is, a, we're sorry, but this is an error. We couldn't afford to keep real dollar bills for this trick, uh, so you will have to prepare a bill for the card, or for the trick. Like, understandable, because like, they don't want to lose all their profit, giving away dollar bills to be torn up. Okay, this next one is a pencil through the bill. This one, the magician is, shows him a bill, folds a piece of paper around the bill, a pencil is pushed through the paper and the bill, all the way through removed, the paper and the bill are opened, there's a hole in the paper, but no mark on the bill itself. And it, it comes like, uh, well, oh no, it doesn't come. There's another note that says, thanks a lot, we didn't include a bill, because, uh, but we'll tell you how to do it. Again, understandable. This, this one is the self-folding bill, one of the best tricks in magic. Uh, Normal bills placed in the hand, the magician's command, the bill slowly and mysteriously begins to fold itself. Uh, holy cow. It is seen to fold first in half, then into fourths, then into eighths. Uh, this sounds amazing. It does sound one of the best facts. And then it's handed out for inspection. And there is a bill in there. Uh, and it does say again in the preparation, this is one of the best effects possible. So that should be cool. Uh, the next one is bill transpo transposition. Incredible bill routine. This has a long effect. Two bills shown, one $5, one $1. Magician closes their hand around both bills. Uh, with left hand removes $1 bills. Close your eyes, picture that. Uh, he does this very slowly, showing it fairly to the audience. Closes his hand around it. Magician questions the audience as to which bill was in which hand. The spectators claim they saw the dollar bill in the left hand, and the dollar bill should still be in the right hand. But the magician opens their hands, showing the five-dollar bill in the left and the, uh, uh, and the one-dollar in the right. The bills have switched places, but the same effect is shown again. This time, the bills begin in the spectator's hand. 
Uh, the magician removes the dollar bill from the spectator's closed hand, places it within his own, pretends to pluck the $5 bill. When both hands are open, the spectator now has the dollar bill. The magician has the $5 bill. All this happens in the spectator's hand. Triple exclamation point. And the spectator can even inspect the $1 bill. And I don't know how the trick is done, but it looks like there's a bill in the, the kit. Okay, then this one, I think it's missing a page. Oh, yeah, here we go. Someone was at, this must have been the only trick that somebody was looking at how to do it. Bill through bill. Two bills are shown. One is folded within the other. Slowly and mysteriously, the one bill begins to pass through the other sides of the bill and are shown to the spectators. And it comes with the bill. So that's interesting. So there's some money magic. Oh, speaking of money magic, uh, here's another... This is a bag. Uh, and it... Um, I don't know if there's any instructions in here. So, it, well, let's lean into it, right? It says flo floating quarter, wavy, from coin magic. And I don't see any instructions. So this is the kind of thing I'm going to have to look up in the internet. But then in, in a little bag is a... Well, let me open up the bag. So in the bag is more coins. So I don't know if you can do more magic or not. Uh, it has uh, two pennies uh, and, and like three quarters in different arrays of... Uh, some of the quarters are whole and some are not whole. And I would assume the whole quarter is the floating quarter. It's from 1979. Oh, yeah, you want to know? Uh, you ought to know by now, am I right? Uh, it has something on there, though. Huh. I don't know if this is one of those ones where the magician can break the coin. Who knows? Uh, I was trying to figure out what minute's from. I don't see it, so it may not be actual, real... Uh, Interesting. This is some sort of magical gimmick quarter, but I don't know how to operate it. So, oh, oh boy, I see something. I wish I was a ma magician. Huh. So this is definitely some sort of magic quarter. So that one, we don't have any, we don't know the tricks, but uh, it seems like you could make a quarter float in water, maybe put quarters together, take them apart. I don't know. Okay, this is another unlabeled bag uh, with a red handkerchief inside. And I know this is the kind of thing that's like, oh man, if these handkerchiefs could talk, would I want to know what they have to say? But I don't know, this is just a... It's a 100% silk hand red handkerchief. Uh, so this is the kind of thing only a magician would know what to do. I mean, you do know... Well, I can't do it. It's... it's uh, I don't know. So, I mean, it's a magician's handkerchief uh, that a magician could use to, to perform magic. It's red, it's uh, silky, and, I mean, I do know, I couldn't successfully do it, which shows that I'm, you know, I'm not, I don't have that kind of, but I do know, like, some magicians, you know, can make, make handkerchiefs really small and then make them appear and stuff like that, uh, so that's cool. So we'll talk right now, so we'll just use a little tangent interlude here. There was one of my favorite magic shows uh, that I saw was uh, when I was volunteering at the Anthony Quinn Public Library in East Los Angeles. So shout out to, to Anthony Quinn Public Libraries in uh, East L.A., and uh, some people wrote summer reading programs everywhere. So I was volunteering, helping out at the summer reading program there after, after summer school. Back when I was a teacher, well, in the summer you weren't a PE teacher, so I was just a teacher's aide. And so I volunteered at this thing, and sometimes they had programming, right? Uh, I got to do bingo, and... Uh, you say, Scooch, what's your bingo like? I say, well, uh, Saul Goodman did it the same way I do it. Uh, so if you've seen Better Call Saul, you've seen how I do my bingo. Exact same style. Um, but so the, the one time the librarian said, okay, today we have this magic show. And we have two magicians coming. And so this is L.A. And, and if you live in L.A., 
like your, your, the quality of programming you get in enthusiasm particularly is always going to be like I think you just have much more variety to choose from and the, at least the enthusiasm even if the quality isn't as good I talked about this before with like different um, assemblies we used to have at the school I worked at and how inspirational it was uh, but so I think just because so many people are like like interested in performance and uh, like have their hopes and their dreams, that uh, you're always in for a good time. And this really turned out to be the case for this magic show because it was two youth, uh, and I'd say youth because I guess it, wait I was like I think I was like 21 or 22 years old and they were younger than me, so these were high school aged youth. Uh, maybe even younger. And one of the, like, uh, they seemed to be best friends, and one of them was named Hawaiian Cam. Uh, and, and they had, uh, my favorite part of the magic show, the kids loved it. Uh, it was what you would call, like, uh, there are better magicians than me. I mean, we could say that with as a definitive fact. And more importantly for public performance, they had fun, they had enthusiasm, and it seemed like they had joy in their hearts. Were they good magicians, even though they were better magicians than me? I would say probably not. But uh, my favorite thing that they did was they took turns. And so they, were, they weren't a team. So, maybe they were a team, but they were also like... Uh, and all youth appreciate this, like some parallel mag they weren't doing parallel magic play. But so what they would do is uh, when it was one of the other person's turn, so they had their little magician stage set up or stand, you know. And they were using a lot of kit magic, which is fine because we're talking magic stuff right now. But what they would do, this is probably one of the, like, like other than cute animals, this was very cute. It was adorable. I would say it was adorable. Uh, one of them, when it wasn't their turn, they would just duck behind the stage. But it was literally like uh, one of them was standing behind it, too. And it was like barely the width of a human waist. Uh, but they would duck down like, like uh, in a magical way. Uh, not like they're disappearing, but they would disappear. And, uh, you know, all the kids were laughing, and they, so it was great. It was one of, I mean, one of the top highlights of my life uh, that when you look back and stuff, you're like, wow, I was lucky to be there for that one. And I also got to do bingo at some point, so that was, you know, those are two, uh, I didn't even realize I had to knock those things off my list, but I did. Uh, we got another one. This has a price tag on it, so we can assume that... Uh, and it comes in a bag with a hang. So this could have been from a magic shop. Uh, and it was $4.50. It, it, it's easy to do. And it says it's hilarious comedy magic. The incredible three and a half of clubs trick. Uh, and what I can see is in one side, I'll pull out the instructions. There's a, die, a, a, a one die and a couple cards. And actually, a couple of cards, and then it's only one sheet. This is really, um, really like, uh, I don't know who I got to get in touch with. This could be, like, it's just so interesting thinking about how the internet has affected magic, probably in a positive way, making it more accessible. But I mean, I love magic shops, so I guess I am a little torn. But so this is, um, so it's been around a long time. It says it offers opportunity for great comedy magic. Uh, and this is printed on uh, authentic uh, bicycle stock. So effect one, the magician states he has previously removed a card from the deck and placed it in his pocket. The spectator selects a card. Uh, the magician removes the card from his pocket and wagers it is the same suit and exactly one half the value of the spectator's card. And... Uh, Spectator's card is a seven, a half, seven of clubs. Not to worry, the magician reveals a three and a half of clubs. Interesting. And then effect two. Uh, 
This method is based on a fact called Miko by Milt Court. Uh, one of six cards face down on the table is selected by a spectator. The spectator rolls a dice and totals the top and bottom numbers. The magician states that the selected card is exactly one-half the total of the die. The die totals seven. The selection is the three-and-a-half of clubs. And it comes with, oh, okay, so I found the card as a three-and-a-half of clubs uh, card. So it's kind of, uh, don't, I still don't get it because I don't know how it works, but uh, sounds interesting, huh? Okay, this one is heavy, uh, and it's in two bags. And from what I can see, I see some string and I see some cards, uh, but that's all I see right now. Okay, so inside bag one, this is its own lot of magic, I think. Uh, we have extra string in one bag, uh, then more string, which looks like it has been used for magic, and then some playing cards, and they're also bicycle playing cards. And then the instructions folded up. And now we're getting to history because this is uh, this is looks like it was written on a typewriter and photocopied. So, but there is a picture of uh, cards. So, so this is uh, Nick's lie detector card trick, uh, and this is definitely um, stuff that I don't know. I think they explain it because you have to set it up in a certain order. Values run each value. So this is more advanced uh, routine. Explain that the deck of cards will act as a lie detector. Spread the cards down and have someone touch the back of any card, a free choice. Uh, the touch card is laid face down. Have the spectator look at the card. As they do, cut the deck to the point the card was removed. Complete the cut. And that sets the deck. Uh, Explain that you'll ask the spectator about some questions about the card, and he, either, he can either lie or tell the truth in each case. Whether he lies or tells the truth, you will spell the answer he gives. Uh, and uh, so then you ask questions and uh, figure out if they're lying or telling the truth somehow. And, uh, yeah, so... I don't know. Uh, so this seems more advanced, and it doesn't have any string in it. So this is really a two-for-one, and I don't know what these cards are either, because it doesn't have a whole deck of cards here. So let's take these cards out of the wrapper. And, uh, oh, interesting, I don't know. These cards aren't even the same. Uh, yeah, so who knows what's... Uh, Couple jokers, one, two, three, four jokers, an ace, and a and another card. So I mean, there is a level of intimacy to this. We just, I guess, there is an intimacy just because we don't know whose uh, privacy we're like. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so this is a bag with bags in it, uh, and not all the instructions. And really, this is. I mean, I'm so grateful to be able to make this podcast uh, and be doing this stuff. Okay, we got another one here. Oh boy, so I'm looking at the bag. There's a dime, a penny, and a, um, a like a big pen in there. Okay, now I'm turning it over, and it's uh, five minute magic. Learn to do magic in five minutes. Electronic rating pen. Rate your friends on a scale of one to ten. Three routines. But there's also a penny and a dime that don't seem to be related to the pen. And we'll just look at the routines. Uh, no, no, patter. Uh, this is an electronic rating pen. There's a chip in here that rates people on one to ten. Hold out your hand, place a penny of the dime, uh, and then say, "Okay, that's a rating." Uh, wow, you, you know, and then you use it to rate them. Interesting. Okay, well. So, yeah, I don't know what that one is. Maybe it's like to, for bar. This one is a cap in a bottle. Uh, empty bottle of beer, regular cap. Then put the cap inside the bottle. Everyone can see it inside. Then take the cap out and give it for examination. 
After that, put the cap back inside and then give the bottle to the spectator with the cap inside. No one can get it out. Uh, then the magician can take the cap from the bottle again and take the cap back, or take the bottle and take the cap back out. Uh, then put the cap back inside as, and if he wish, he can give the bottle with the cap inside as a present. Great gimmick, great gift, or great idea. So I have no idea how that works. Uh, um, I mean, this one's really intriguing. And uh, let's see, this has a credit for somebody, the, the two great magicians, uh, Bloom from Sphinx Magazine and Michael W. Uh, and his book, uh, Lifesavers, Create Effect, uh, which was my inspiration, the creator of this one. And uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like magic to me. I may try to do this one with root beer or, uh, or something, or uh, what do you call it, ginger ale. Okay, so this one again, oh boy, holy moly. We have uh, somebody's, now this is hard because this is where we're fi- finding this. This is a, a conjuration society thing. Uh, it says, thank you for your order. They ordered on the internet. And I guess definitely ordered on the internet, like, back in the day, because the websites and stuff uh, were interesting. But let's take a look. Oh, no, this is, uh, so it's, uh, like, uh, be it known that John Doe is uh, recognized in the society as a member with all rights, uh, uh, Given this eighth day of May, 1790. Uh, pretty cool. Oh, you can get a free membership. To, oh, the above certificate is all in fun. Uh, composed in, in Microsoft Word. Oh, so you can get a free certificate if you want. Okay, and this one, oh boy, it's like three pamphlets. One, one of which is a bonus, uh... And uh, one is uh, Seven Easy Classics of Magic, uh, How to Read Minds, uh, and 102 Easy Magic Tricks. Uh, and the 102 Easy Magic Tricks, the, the, um, a lot of the uh, things is uh, looks like, uh, um, what do you call it, uh, a lot of it looks like the kind of cartoons you'd see in a comic book or whatever. Uh, and it just has a bunch of little tiny, uh, you know, simple magic tricks. How to read minds. Uh, read mine. It's going off topic. Uh, let's see. Oh, it's it doesn't have any... I don't know if it actually has tricks. Uh Interesting. So you'd have to read through this uh, to figure, you know, to get to your thing. And then this one is uh, Secret Sir, Secret uh, Seven Select Magic, uh, Torn and Restored Napkin. This one was printed in 1996. Uh, penetrating Paper Balls, a dollar bill from the air. This is a very good opening trick. Surprises the uh, audience. Uh, and being a trick with money interests everyone. And uh, cool. Floating paper ball. Uh, this is uh, trying to figure out. A, um, yeah, I can't really read it because it doesn't want to. Spo- I'm not spoiling any tricks here. Um, swirling handkerchief. Uh, shirt pulling stunts. Uh, this is one of those grand perennial magic, comic magic stunts uh, that baffles the audience. Uh, Las Vegas, Atlantic City. Could be, this has been done on, uh, on TV. And the Lazy Magician's Card Trick. So those are some of the ones that came in this group of kit tricks. Then this one is called uh, Glass Box Penetration. 
And let's see, the effect, a toothpick seemingly penetrates a matchbox, which is later shown to be contain a solid block of glass. Uh, and this person says, Jesus, you know, I was invited to go to this one magic thing. I developed the matchbox presentation effect a like glass because I needed a magician fooler. Knowing I was performing in front of an audience, I was expecting the brass block. I knew the heat would be on. So, is, I think this is just a, like, I don't think this is any, um, uh, I don't know. So this is just a yellow piece of paper. I, there, there is like a, a red uh, uh, thing, but it's ba- like that I found loose in the box. But I think that's, I don't think they're related. Color changing rope, easy to do. A rope changes instantly in color from white to red. And uh, that's it, color changing rope, uh, flashy magic. This is another one printed, uh, $10 uh, from one company, Hunter's Monty. Uh, the street swindle becomes a visual st- visually stunning routine. Only a couple smooth moves, which are easily taught, uh, are required to perform this. Uh, and it comes with bonus tips, too. It comes from the routine of uh, Rudy, who uh, used this routine in front of thousands of lay people. uh, Cocktail parties, table hopping, paying public loves this routine. Let's hope you'll get as much out of it. Uh, I want to see the... uh, So it doesn't have anything without me revealing it, So, but it sounds cool. Out of all the tricks, it's like, oh, that one I might try. Now, this one has a ba- a, ba- a thing of playing cards, a m- picture frame, and then the instructions in this bag. So, this could be anything. Okay, this is a mind-reading picture frame. The effect, the magician uh, uh, displays an ordinary empty picture frame and explains that they can read minds. They cover it with cloth, and the spectator chooses a card from the deck. The cards return to the deck... The deck is put away. The magician tries to guess the value of the chosen card, but fails. He then whisks away the cloth covering the frame, and the card is seen in the frame behind the glass. Uh, The magician looks into the frame and then guesses uh, the card. So, interesting. Uh, Okay, here's another one. This one's called Floating Match. And in the bag is the instructions and some playing cards, it looks like. So let's see if they're one trick or two. Okay, so the playing cards are in some cellophane. And floating match, the effect. This fantastic effect in which a magician holds a playing card and places a matchstick on top of it. He gives some magical passes and slowly and eerily the matchstick floats above the card. Another card is passed under the floating stick to prove it has no connection with the card. The stick is commanded to descend and it does slowly come down and rest. And and then it's returned to the astonished spectator. Wow, so that's cool. Maybe asking yourself, how, Scoots, how are these done? I say, I don't know. I don't really... If I, even if I knew, I would already forget. Uh, it's a miracle making a sleep podcast. Okay, I don't know if this one has instructions. Uh, this one has a piece of paper, two keys, and some string on there. And the paper has something written on there. But this may be... Like, maybe someone's performing magic on me even as we speak. <laughs> yeah. This is like a key to a Regal Cinema, it says, uh, I'm not kidding. It says Regal Cinema, and there's two keys in here with string. Uh, is it magic? Uh, getting into a Regal Cinema would be magic. Okay, I found another one here. It's a plastic bag with uh, some sort of billfold and instructions. And this one's called The Wave. Congrats on your purchase of the wave, uh, what is the wave? Uh, four uh, blank face cards are shown by the magician. 
The spectator selects in their mind a jack, for example, the jack of hearts. The magician spreads the four blank cards, and then one of them magically becomes a jack. Then the other cards are turned over, and they have changed too. So some sort of magic trick with a bunch of cards. Yeah, interesting. Okay, this one is was three dollars, uh, and it just has instructions in a baggie. Oh no, it doesn't. It has a piece of cellophane in there, which may be part of it. Uh, and this is an old one because it's writ type red and see-through glass board. See-through glass board. Uh, three cards. Uh, let the audience choose one of the cards. Magician takes out one transparent one. I don't know, this might be mixed in the box somewhere, but I don't want to accidentally spoil the trick. But yeah, somehow somehow magic happens with see-through cards. Oh, this one has a magic bag. This is a black silk bag, and it is an unopened box of cards. A, uh, a magical... Uh, like a gimmick, a uh, finger thing, like, uh, you say, well, this is a magician's finger. I don't know if it'll make me more magic. Two coins that say a magic on them, but they're not real, real coins. I mean, there's some sort of magic coins. Some rope. So, I think this is one of the tricks I could actually do. I mean, this, I don't necessarily, this is like one of those ones where, like, uh, you're probably showing, like, there's three different lengths of rope. You know, the magicians do that. Uh, and then somehow they make them all the same or whatever. I don't know how they do it, but uh, this has three different lengths of rope. Medium, short, and long. And then the cards, I have no idea if they're real cards or magic cards. Because uh, they're still in the wrapper. Okay, we're getting down to it. There's uh, magic card tricks from bicycle playing cards. A list of magic tricks in there. Uh, impossible matrix, uh, one of the baffling coin matrix routines ever. The effect: three coins mysteriously, one at a time, go beneath between two playing cards. It looks impossible because you show your hands empty before and after each coin travels. That's uh, impossible matrix. And I don't know if these are the cards that go with it, but there's like these cards with. Uh, circles on them um, I'm not sure if these are the impossible matrix cards or not they're like playing cards with blue or yellow circles then there's a paper bag with two holes punched in it and it says impress uh, don't think I don't know if it's magic or not then there's a rubber band and another instructions deluxe card catcher no more long, tedious hours to practice catching cards from the air. With this device, uh, you catch cards the first time. Uh, I don't see the metal holder, though, but this is some sort of card catcher you could hold on to or something. Oh, I think I found it. Uh, yeah, it's like some sort of thing you would slip, slip on your finger. I don't know how it catch the cards, uh, so I guess I'll have to read the instructions. Then there's a square board with uh, a grid on it. I'm not sure if that's for a magic trick or not. Another wallet. Uh, and I'm not sure if this is a magic... This actually looks like a real wallet. Uh, there's nothing in here. It uh, it has a bunch of like uh, papers like that used to come in the wallet. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's genuine. Yeah, this is like, I think this is just a normal everyday wallet. It could be magic, but I'm not smart enough to know. And it looks like we have a few more tricks. Uh, rising matchbox, and that's uh, very heavy. And a, another magician's handkerchief. Uh, then in another bag, we don't have any instructions. So let me see. So yeah, I'll have to look. This has a fake $5 bill and a uh, box of cigarettes with what looks like a real cigarette. Yeah, real cigarette in the, inside there. And then one more trick. Uh, 
But this is another one that probably goes to something else. It's one card and it has some string. And that's it. There's no, and a piece of blue tack. And then for later perusal, we have uh, a lot of card decks of cards. I'll just count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 different magic card decks uh, that maybe we could cover at another point. Uh, but on behalf of all the magicians, I mean, I mean, I love magic. Uh, even though this was to put you to sleep, it's just me going through magic tricks without any reveals. Uh, other than my own uh, um, ability to be here keeping you company, this is what you'd call me for if you were paying me whatever what I would charge, which is a lot, uh, you'd say, I'd just say, okay, let me go through some, I got a box of magic tricks here, I could go through them for you, uh, so yeah, um, from my, it really is magic, the magic is the gift you give me of me being able to talk while you get some rest or you, you feel lonely to go through this kind of stuff, because this is like, uh, I get to do what I love, uh, and help you, uh, at the same time. What an honor. Uh, Thanks and good night.